you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. It comes out in these locker rooms and shit. Like I've, I've heard bona fide stories, uh, verified stories of like the baseball team at Eastern all getting together and masturbating with each other in the same room. Mike. I appreciate the outfits that Peyton Stewart wore. He looked like an old school racist golfer. Like he, he wasn't a racist as far as I know, but you know, like the Vagger Bantz racist golfers of the old timey days. The Is It Safe talk show lives. We're still here. Getting back in the saddle. We make a lot of mistakes. We're human beings. Me and Lucas trying to do our best here for you. You know, he's a new daddy and I'm a fool. So when you put those two things together, you know, you get inconsistency. But we're not giving up. We are here. And we want to thank you guys for emailing and sticking with us. Never say die. Right, Luke? Never say die. Oh, my God. This intro is way too long. Jeez. Get to the fucking point. There. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we're back in the saddle again here, and it's time to talk about stuff we want to talk about. You know, yeah. John Scott is retired. He's on hiatus, like we said. He's always out there. We love him. We miss him. He's a good man. Me and Luke holding down the fort right now. Just getting a show out is a priority, so that's why we're here to do this show with you. And we're going to cover your emails and as much as we can here over the next 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, man. Well said. And since you are a new daddy, it just reminded me of that. Uh, do you ever you remember watching the whitest kids you know? They were a sketch group. Uh, yes, I I do. It's a vague memory though at this point. Yeah, it was. There was hit and miss. There was a few I remember some skits that were really funny. Other ones were whatever. Just kind of okay. That was somewhat funny. Kind of like the end of an SNL show. You know, a lot of them, yeah. the later half, the later yeah. parts that everyone doesn't give a shit about because they're sleeping or they're shit-faced, hanging out with their friends. But this was a good one. <laughs> I always remember this song. Hey there, kids, I see you feeling blue. Parents push around and tell you what to do. Dad makes you clean your room and go to bed. Instead of watch TV, you have to do homework instead. And I know it makes you angry and you're full of rage. Well, let me tell you a Beautiful. secret. I wish I knew at your age. Next time you're angry and you want to fight back, just tell your teacher daddy likes to play with your sack. And you can get a new daddy, get a new daddy. Police will take the old one away. In uh, the you can get a new daddy, get, get a new daddy. daddy. Stay up real late, kick back and light up a fatty. You can get there you go. So that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> get a new daddy. Why does kids you know? I think that was like 2007-ish, 2006. I remember watching a few of those here. They were always on IFC when I used to have the IFC channel. Back when I had cable, which was a long time ago. Wow, yeah. dude. That rings a bell. IFC, for some reason, rings a bell. Yeah, that used to be the channel where you could watch cool yeah. stuff. They had swearing on it, even though they had commercials. Before, everybody said, fuck it, we're on cable, we're all going to swear all the time. Ho, ho, slow down there, Speed Racer. So. Yeah. Well, anyways, here he is. Wow, dude. Kid Rock. There's nope. the man. Not Kid Rock, Kid Chris Rock. Rock. You know why Kid Rock popped in my head? I was just listening to a podcast earlier today, and somebody was making fun of... Dax Shepard, local Michigander Dax Shepard is. Mm-hmm. He's got one of the most popular podcasts around, I guess, like the Armchair Expert or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he had Pamela Anderson on recently, and they were talking about Kid Rock, and that just popped in my head. I guess that's it. I he's don't want the, he's your the life. glass when it comes to drug addiction. So that's it's true. like, um, you know, you've gone through that struggle. Uh, it would be like if you just started going to church. I mean, it's the same thing. You just you lose you lose your sense of humor, and maybe that's what you need to have. I mean, maybe that sense of humor comes from being, I don't know, maybe a little undisciplined or a little wild. Uh, maybe wow, you just like to, dude! Just keep it tight, you know. Maybe bore the shit out of people. I I for a I don't minute, listen to it, so I don't really, know. I really wanted to give it a shot, and I came across a couple episodes I thought were interesting. Kind of back when I was like listening here or there to like Sam Harris and. Just kind of like thinking about, I don't know, just fucking random shit, you know, like listening to listening to like negotiators, uh, FBI negotiators on YouTube and that kind of random stuff. 
uh, you just completely out of out of left field. Anyhow, I, I tried and I don't know. I just I found him so fucking like obsequious to to elites and just really I found it to be really bad and just really disappointing. Yeah, but some of the stuff, you know, if he's talking to like a psychiatrist or something, well, he's doing real shit. Interesting. They're talking real, real stuff, and that's fine. If you want to hear that, real stuff. we always talk about real stuff on the show whenever we want. I talk about it in my life all the time. I just he seemed to make a strong maneuver from one angle to another, and you oh. know what? Spotify paid him a shitload of money for that, so fucking congratulations, yeah. Dak Shepard. Everyone's proud of you here, buddy. Well done. He's the you did it. Yeah, he's the. Uh, He's the non-controversial, like Joe Rogan. You That's know? putting he's, it mildly. He's the brain. He's got the brain of a lint roller, and he just <laughs> he just picks it all up and just like just keeps talking to people. Uh, uh, yeah. Yoshi's here, by no. the way. Those of you guys I know that I know, I screamed oh, at Yoshi. Yeah. God damn it, Yoshi! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not feeling that angry at her right now. She's being a good girl. Also, I have a new drop here. This is always for you now that you're a dad. So Save it, Dad. Every time you say something now, I can just drop this all the time. Save it, Dad. Yeah, it's going to be very, very popular. But, yeah, Chris Rock did his special. So that was one of the wow. rare moments in time where it seemed like a lot of people got to absorb something in a, a monoculture yeah. way, I suppose. It really was unusual these days because it was a live event on Netflix, which they've never done before, and it's Chris Rock. It's a stand-up special. And he, actually, he had... One in 2018 that I didn't even see. So it's not like Chris Rock is appointment viewing, but after everything that happened with the goddamn Oscars. Wow, dude. It was something that even (laughs) if people weren't big fans of his, they wanted to see what he was going to say. And I thought it was decent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, first of all, you nailed it, but it's one of the few television events in recent memory that did have a monocultural type uh, appeal to it. And I thought it was great too. the The 2018 one is a little, is a little on the sad side, kind of depressing side because I think he had just basically kind of come out of like being caught cheating on his wife, and that's when like the whole divorce. Oh, out your fucking mouth. That makes sense, but I yeah. So that one was kind of a bummer. This one I thought was very close to getting back to real form. Uh, I could take or leave like a few segments in the. Uh, in the stand-up, but me too. I didn't think it was. It I wasn't like it was nonstop. Good. There were some lulls. Uh, the trans totally. stuff. The trans stuff. Not, not that it's trans. It was just. It wasn't funny. It wasn't it's like fucking hearing about it. Yeah, it was like why even approach it if you didn't have anything funny to say? It was just kind of pointless, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Actually, it wasn't because I was offended or anything like that. I just thought it no. was shitty. It wasn't entertaining, and it didn't make me laugh. It was completely inoffensive and very bog standard right down the middle, like observation that it's like, why even bother, dude? Like, why even bother? It's, <laughs> I think it's yeah. just because so much heat, you know, has been caught by like Dave Chappelle that he feels like every I think a lot of comedians, dude, I've heard of so many comedians bring up just bring up trans people just out of nowhere. It, it, <laughs> I know the entire act is unsolicited and that's the fucking point. You mm-hmm. go to hear what these people like are going to say, but it, I hear at so many comedians just bring up, just bring it up, just bring it up for just to get people on the edge of their seat or get you a little uncomfortable. And it's never, there's never a payoff one way or the other. It's never like super horrible and it's never super funny. It's always just fucking boring. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just leave it off. Leave it off the fucking. T- it's they're only bringing it up to be, uh, to like create that, you know, create that relationship in your head. Because, yeah. Oh, I've heard this. I've heard this stuff before. Well, he this might have thought it was funny. Real stuff. I mean, it's his shit. I'm sure you drag ass out there. He probably thought it was funny. It's his act. You had to do an hour, and he covered all kinds of topics. I thought the yoga pants thing was hilarious. And there was all kinds of. The bits that made me laugh, but I also found that the crowd didn't seem... I was kind of disappointed in the crowd. It seemed like the crowd sucked, in a way, totally. for for an terrible. event like that. It was not as engaged. I mean, I've seen a lot of comedy specials over my lifetime, and they don't all have to be like, knees ah, slapping, going ape shit, you know, going crazy. Oh, my God, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Ah! It doesn't have to be like Def Jam comedy, but it was a little odd. Yeah. Not sure why. Yeah. No, I... I thought it was a little odd too it just didn't have well it definitely didn't have it doesn't have the vibe of you know his earlier work um 
shit, what bring the pain and oh yeah, yeah, back, yeah. back in black. You know, obviously he's fifty six. He's older now. Yeah, you can't capture that that kind of energy. But no, he's okay, changed. Too- you could tell he changed too. He's like he he did some moments that not even funny, just like. Oh, I understand. He talked about his daughter and how proud he was of her and all that. That's just not what he would do 20 years ago because he's older now. He's a father, I guess. That's what you do. Mm. But then again, and even, I mean, yeah. And on top of that, he's uh, now he's got an ex-wife. I have no problem with the wokeness. I have no problem with it at all. I'm all for social justice. I'm all for for marginalized like people clarif- getting their rights. The thing I have a problem with is the selective outrage. Everybody, you know what I'm talking about. One person does something, they get canceled. Somebody else does the exact same thing, nothing. You know what I'm talking about. You know, like the kind of people that play Michael Jackson songs, but won't play R. Kelly. Yeah, there you go. So. I mean, I've heard that. I've heard that joke from others too. Ooh, some, some was, yeah. yeah. It, it's not biting. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was like stealing jokes but i've heard very similar observations made uh and I wow feel like this, dude it's just kind of like the boomer sickness i was talking about before i think this wokeness stuff has just spun these guys up into the same fucking cotton candy <laughs> they just <laughs> they can't they just can't stop thinking about it they they're so obsessed with it that the same observations keep popping out. <laughs> I don't yep. know if they're like consciously stealing or subconsciously stealing, or if they just all have a very sh- a similar shared experience being in the positions that they are like wealthy, uh, wealthy comedians, people who could get away with saying anything they fucking wanted 20 years ago uh, without question are now all feeling the same exact type of social pressures and i just don't think they're equipped for it most of the guys that are making these jokes and like really like committing to these bits and i wouldn't say he was he wasn't like overly against the wokeness thing and all that he was fine he like that was as like mild as i've i've heard comedians about it but like i've heard comedians waste like 30 minutes bitching about wokeness and you know the i just don't think they're equipped for this i don't think they were ready for this like time and i don't think that they had the kind of political understanding or the socioeconomic understanding to begin with or the the kind of political cultural social understanding to begin with to, in order to like in order to actually have that uh fight that battle out on stage and so they all kind of just sound like they're whining well yeah well i thought it was a uh... Interesting because I wanted to see what he had to say about Wilson. I admit it, I'm not above anybody else. I was curious well, of how I wanted to hear sharp his shit would be about Will Smith, and it, it was all right. It was it was kind of funny, but I don't know. Even then, it was uh, maybe the hype could never live up to it. There was so much to look forward to. He never said a word. He really didn't. He never said anything over a course of a whole year, which is really hard to do That's in today's amazing. culture with all the easy access. And obviously, he's Chris Rock. He can be on any media medium he needs to be on at any given moment but he didn't yep. and, and he was proud of that too that i'm not a victim and i'm not going on gail king to cry about it and i think there's a fine line between people who exploit victimhood but also talking about it with somebody privately or a professional and i'm not sure what he was trying to say like he might have his own therapist he talks to but there is a fine line between the two but it's not the job of people who are online or who have shows like us to say, this is what Chris Rock should have done. And here's a B and C of why he's privileged and out of touch. And the guy came from shit. Chris Rock had nothing. He talked about his mother and the, you know, the black dentist, the white dentist thing. And uh, I mean, he comes from a very poor area. Georgetown is not a, his mother going to, yeah. Going to the veterinarian. Yeah. Because if you couldn't find a black dentist, you couldn't go to a white dentist. So the only other option was a vet. Yeah, he's privileged now, though. That's lack of context. It just shows that people are in the moment and they're not looking at the entirety of his life, blah, blah, blah. He could be privileged. Yes, he's rich. I get it. Well, he's insanely privileged now, but what was the... See, I haven't heard any of like the the feedback or kickback from this other than what I heard on like CBS in the morning and all three of the fucking dingbats who um, who host that show are like... They all agreed that he is still hurting and it was... This fucking hive mind, man. It's it's like they couldn't they couldn't just let it be like uh why why can't it why can't it just be like a guy this guy is gonna hate that other guy forever? Like <laughs> and that's and that seems it's like 
healthy or not healthy, it's probably not that big of a part of his life now that he got some of that shit off his chest. I mean, comedy probably is his therapy. Maybe he could have made a comment about that. Yeah, and, knows? you know, and then kind of mitigated some of the, you know, just some of the fucking echo chamber feedback that uh, he got afterwards. But I haven't heard much of that feedback uh, to begin with. I thought what he said was fantastic. I loved, I loved how he just, okay, nothing's going to meet the expectations, but my expectations were zero. I thought he wasn't going to mention it at all. And I didn't even tune in for that. Oh, whatsoever. No way. I didn't I follow, he... I didn't follow the lead up to it or anything. No. Okay. I mean, listen. I was certain he was going to say something. They, <laughs> I they thought made it that event for it, that, but... I thought. I didn't think he would make a lot of the whole special about it, but I certainly knew that he would have some comments. I don't fucking care yeah. what he told you, okay? I was very, very certain that would happen. But in the end, oh my God. I don't know. It was okay. Dude, it, his... it wasn't mind-blowing, but it was it was solid. The <laughs> he, watches, he watches Emancipation just to see him get whipped. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, yeah. hey, hey, master, hey, master, you missed a spot. <laughs> He's so rageful now against Will Smith that he'll the most heinous shit. He's like, come honestly, on, more of it. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, I thought that's what made it so funny is he just like went fucking way over the line. He just went so far. And then he yep. calls out he calls out Jada Pinkett Smith, too, which I think is I think is amazing because literally nobody will do it, uh, especially mainstream media. Not even fucking comedians are doing it because uh, everybody wants to be friends with Will Smith still and maybe Jada. But he, what he said is exactly true. She was having sex and having an affair with yeah. one of their kids' friends and then had Will on her, her fucking show. Was it Red Table or something to like talk about it? I'm tired from fucking your wife. Yeah. It was entanglement. Entanglement <laughs> yeah. was a word that she used too. So that was also, if you were in the know, which I was, and I found that out afterward when I looked it up. Again, he yeah, used the word entanglement when he mentioned it in his stand up special. And I oh, didn't realize that had significance because she oh had used God. it in one of her, and one on one with Will when they talked about her sucking on another man's dick. And he went on to a show to talk about it, which, hey, kudos for him, man. He's a big enough man to talk about his wife cheating on him in front of an audience. Go for it. <sighs> I'm, it's not everybody's bag, though. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. What I what I like about it probably most is, for, well, the conversation could be could have so much more nuance, and the the idea that he called into question, uh, you know, specific elements of Will Smith's masculinity. Obviously, a, a large guy, you know, in movies with a shirt off, very masculine. Uh, picking on a guy that's smaller than him, that's problem number one. Um, being fucking cucked by his wife, problem number two. Doing it <laughs> doing it willingly by showing up on screen and basically making that seem like that is strength, problem number four. And then freaking out in public when his wife gets mildly insulted by a very unintentionally harmful or a... You know, a joke that was not intended to be harmful whatsoever mm -hmm. to, to just have the, all of that kind of laid out and whether or not Chris Rock clarified what the issue was. Uh, he definitely it's it's what I always love. I always love this uh, example of termite art versus elephant art. Termite art is like stuff that just eats away at the edges. It might not be like the elephant in the room. It might not be like the big thing that's very obvious. Uh, the obvious shit that he said, it just was more obvious that he was angry. Everything else he said, just it would needle at me if I was Will Smith and if I was in that like, uh, you know, in that world and I wanted to protect that image. Uh, what he did is just raise all these questions and he just undermined him in like the pettiest possible way. It's it's almost like, how would you even respond to what Chris Rock said? <laughs> like, like good good luck responding to that. The yeah. fuck is he talking about? You damn right about that. Uh, anyway, anyway that, I appreciated yeah, that he fucking. I appreciated that he went kind of way over the line, and you know, I, oh, yeah. I thought that was. Probably, I thought the jokes were probably as good as they could be. Yeah, I mean, he used the word pussy a lot, and that's good. I think that alone just offends people. Still, like he's still that's saying pussy much. in twenty twenty three. I still don't like hearing it. <laughs> it's just oh, like it doesn't. What? Who gives a fuck? No, he's I don't give about... a fuck. I don't give a fuck. He doesn't find it funny. Well, it's not funny, but it definitely uh, 
is just I mean, no, he called it that he, he pushed it, pushed it, it, pushed it. Ass shit. That's what yeah. he was talking about with Will. But he did yeah. use he did use the he did use pussy a billion times in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the the stand up, and that was whatever. Who cares? Uh, it was still it was funny. It wasn't like wasn't all the way back to uh to form but i thought it was the best effort i thought it was the best thing he's done in in years and definitely better than the 2018 one which wasn't bad but yeah. not even close as good as yeah this. i fired it up for a few minutes earlier and then i paused it i was not interested i guess i guess i wasn't feeling it yeah motherfucker i eat everything i eat the pussy i eat the butt i eat every motherfucking thing yeah right? that's right do it up sammy J. all right let's get to the emails because we got yeah, i wanted dude. to catch up on these emails it's very important uh, the last one we mostly read, I wanted to real quickly hit this up because it's from January. Is it safe pod at gmail.com, by the way, is how you email us. Did you walk the Chris Rock special? Did you take time out to watch it live as an event? Or was it just, that's not something you do anymore? Let us know. Is it safe pod at gmail.com? Mr. Pinkback on January 18th, we talked a little bit about what John Scott had talked about a while ago with Alexander Skarsgård being an actor. He bonds over with his lady. <laughs> And then yep. Mr. Pink also brought up Tony Dungy, and Mr. Pink was under the assumption that Tony Dungy was like a chill, cool coach, but it turns out he's no friend of the gays, trans, and uh, not sure of the moment crowd. I don't know why I felt a little bummed because my celebrity aura balloon popped years ago. No matter how much you listen to a person's music, watch them on screen, or even follow on social media, one never really knows what those celebs are really like. Now for my question. Have you ever been let down by a famous person in that way? If so, who was it? Why? And when was it? I haven't seen the menu either. Bummed about Jeff Beck. Yeah, Jeff Beck died a few months ago. That's right. He was my favorite Yardbird guitarist. He was in the Yardbirds. That was a, quite a lineup they had. Tip often and tip well, Mr. Oh, Pink. Yeah. Uh, celebrity let me down and bum me out. <sighs> Fuck. I don't uh, Ooh, I want to say nobody, celebrity? but... No, there are celebrities that bum me out. Uh, No, they let you down, though. They're like, you were disappointed. Or surprised to find out that they were one way when you thought they were another way. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. No, there's Oh, who is that then? Uh, Let's see. All right. (laughs) I mean. Woody Allen. Oh. Real real buzzkill when uh, I really started looking into that case. Uh, That was. That really good fucking one. bummed me out. There are <laughs> other like <laughs> bum me out. actually the the ones that the ones that don't bum me out are probably like the most problematic and maybe the most like Sucker, man. concerning. It's you know it's guys like uh, Sam Peckinpah. It's like I'm willing to like hmm. look the other way on like fucking domestic violence and shit, and like I should not be looking the other way, but for some reason I can I love. I still love Sam Peckinpah, and I don't really even judge. I can say I love Sam Peckinpah. Uh, he was a he was an abusive alcoholic, but for some reason that's that that's easier for me to that's like an easier pill for me to swallow than what like Woody Allen did. I mean, they're both committing uh, you know terrible acts, and and one committed routine acts of drunken violence <laughs> allegedly. That's, by the way, Woody Allen's never been convicted and, in a court of and law. Peckinpah, Peckinpah also allegedly, wow, but he's dead. Yeah, he's dead now. So he's off this yeah, plane yeah. of existence. So he's, but I mean, uh, yeah, there's there's like a whole bunch of that shit, and like you always want to believe that the people that create the kind of things that you love are good people because I mean we all have that we all have that just prima facie um, experience with artwork is that you know we identify with the artist, we identify with whatever created the art in the first place. Um, also, I think art being created by AI is very funny. Like what? is the purpose of art if the audience can't connect with the artist i think in the end that we're going to find out that that's a lot more important than we think but oh yeah yeah we haven't even talked about chat gpt dude it's taking over the world man watch out the singularity's here yeah i was gonna i wanted to ask you i wanted to ask you because of your teaching background like oh god what do you think do you care does it matter i would just let it just be a fucking fury kid you would hell yes Hell Seriously, because yes. you can't feed this now. We're not; they're not prepared for. It. I mean, schools and education systems are so antiquated and backed up on the whole. There's always some school districts that have a big ass tax base that they could take advantage of. But come on, it's such a upward battle as it is, and people want everyone just to go through high school. It's such a joke, anyways. It means so little in terms of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can set people up, but 
it doesn't really have a meaningful impact when you think about, oh my God, I fucked up my high school career. My life's over. No, it's ridiculous. It's, there's a billion Absolutely. colleges that'll take your ass and exploit you for all that you're worth and then some. So I just think education in this country is a total joke as it is. So if there's AI that can plagiarize or make up a beautiful on the spot, non-plagiarized, brand new AI-esque or straight up just an AI written paper, then fucking do it, man. I I wouldn't try to bust people, and I would just be like, this is way beyond my pay grade because I'd probably be making $38,000 a year, and it would not be worth the time because I'd have to be yeah. I'd be fucking tired from working all night Ubering or door dashing because I got to make extra money. So the last thing I could have was any energy to try to grade papers that may have been made by AI bots. You know, fuck all that shit. Yeah. So and I think that says it all. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, yeah, well put. Honestly, yeah, go fucking nuts. Yeah, go, go fucking nuts. Have a ball, man. First of all, you know, you you hear, you see these papers, these thing, this thing writes, and uh, let me tell you something. It, yes, well, it, it sounds. It still sounds like a fucking robot wrote it. So you know, it might actually help you learn a little bit because uh, you'd be investigating writing and kind of uh, taking a crack at writing through the angle of critique which might actually i don't know might even be better my opinion why mm. the fuck do i need to sit down and uh type a fucking paper out what if i don't have a fucking computer like when i was a kid we had to type things out my mom had my mom got a one of these fucking old ass typewriters from her company and brought it home and it was a typewriter with the you know roll of paper the with the, the edges that you tear off on it and I remember feeling, I always felt embarrassed by things that I didn't have, which which is silly. But oh yeah, you're always that way. I was the only one turning that paper in. Like I had, I turned in the paper that was clearly done on an old typewriter, whereas everybody else had computer paper. Um, <laughs> but but you know, I realize, of course, now looking back, how freaking fortunate I was to have everything I could have ever needed to succeed. What about? people that don't have word processors and i know everyone you, know, you constantly hear you constantly hear people complaining that oh all the kids got lap laptops and they get ipads no they don't <laughs> they do not are you kidding me Aww. what schools are they in so anyhow that's, yeah. that's a damn I shame say, man i say go for it but you know like all technology and all great advantages the advantage is going to go to the elite to have the fucking great computers and they've got ways to use chat GPT and other AI resources quicker, better, more efficiently uh, in a safer place. And, you know, they don't have to worry about, you know, the dog eating their homework, like for real. And that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Yeah. A lot of but I say go, go hog that. wild, just like you. Yeah. A lot of people be losing out there. We're going to see a lot of papers turned oh, in. And it's going to be a real waste of some talent. A lot of good kids out there. It's a real tragedy. Goddamn shame. No, it's like, you know, I would have hated to rob the world of my insights on fucking <laughs> Stonehenge and the Komodo dragon when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was listening to another pod the other day, too, and they were talking about... <laughs> They're talking about the dumbest movies they ever saw in school, like in high school. Like the most Ooh. ridiculously pointless film that was ever shown. That uh, Somebody saw Waterworld, and it's like, what the? What was the point of Waterworld? What, what was the education? What, what, what class was that for? I don't know. Math class. I have no idea. It was for calculus. Yeah, that yeah, was for I mean, calculus. Science class? I don't know. Uh, it makes no sense. I was trying to think of that, and I'm sure we saw some stupid-ass movies. There's probably movies with swearing in it, and someone... Who was teaching us? I'm sure said, "I want you guys to be, uh, you know, able to oh, show yes. me you could be mature here." Okay, there's some language in this, and I, I can't really <laughs> remember a real doozy that stands out though. I just can't. I can tell you the best one I ever saw in class, and that was, uh, is it Cooley? I always want to say Coolier. It was <laughs> it's not Coolier? Coolie, Mrs. Right? Cooley, yeah, Mister. Shout out, Mrs. Mister. Oh, Mister. Oh, he died. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Rest in power, Mister Cooley. Uh, Greg Cooley. Mm -hmm. Greg Cooley. Right now, someone's yeah, family members listen to this and they're crying because we just brought up their dead father or something. Sorry about that. I mean, he, you know, didn't he, had he a have? Good didn't he have one of the just greatest heads in the world? Just he yeah, had. There's something about his head. It was like right, but then he ended up having brain huge. cancer. So then everyone was like, oh, shut, but no, it wasn't like that. 
I, but that's what people said, though, because it's like, oh, dude, he ended up having brain cancer. We all made these jokes about his head. Was there a correlation? Some people felt bad about it. Others were teenagers, wow. and they okay. took it even further. Let's be honest. A lot of me and other people probably <laughs> took it even further because teenagers are the fucking worst. They don't know the line. That's the whole point. Like a guy like uh, Josh Hader, who's a pitcher for the Brewers, or used to be a pitcher for the Brewers. He's a major league reliever, a really good reliever. And a couple of years ago, somebody found his tweets when he was like 13 years old. And he was saying, uh, you know, he was calling, he was using all these slurs. And oh boy, he's, first off, he's 14 years old. And when it comes to that type of shit, man, it's not about excusing racism. It's just excusing ignorance. Teenagers are morons. They don't know. They don't know anything. They don't know anything about life. And shock value is all a teenager has sometimes. And so when you have the advent of technology, I'm sure, I'm going to be honest about myself, I'm sure I would have pushed the limits when I was a teenager. If I had Twitter when I was 13 years old, I would have said all kinds of stupid shit that would have got me in trouble because you're learning about the world and you're testing boundaries. And it's not about being a racist or a bigot or discriminatory. It's just about being an asshole. It really is. Absolutely. And you're going to say the harshest thing you can. Exactly. That's always, that's always I, the I case. I saw that happen if a million in times in real life. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You would, there'd be no boundaries. You wouldn't keep it private. It would be like a public Twitter feud. And I've seen people do this in real life. They went to town on each other verbally. So I can only imagine that she would have happened online. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up. Point being is just teenagers are morons. So that's it. Yeah, no, te- teenagers are absolute. They're so dumb. Absolute. absolute I was so dumb. Stupid. I was an idiot. I was oh a moron. God. I was really smart as far as teenagers go, and I was a fucking Yeah, idiot. you were. Yeah, you, had, you know, I will give you that. Yeah, Luke was pretty smart. No, I was, uh, put it this way. No, I was a good kid. I wasn't smart. Right. Well, he was a. Uh, Steve is smart. Steve you were a smart. mannered. You, you, you had good smart. manners. You had good manners. You were yeah. smart, but you were crazy. So you had good you manners, were, dude. You were like head of the quiz bowl yeah and i had good manners so i have a very high sperm count it's record setting (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right we gotta get these emails in before it's over or else i'll never forget myself all right so the next one this is from mr pink late january all right that was the movie that was the best movie i saw in school middle school last mohicans we had to get permission slip signed or high school we saw Glory in middle school, uh, high school. That was good. I'll enjoy that. I always like Glory. I always will. I don't yeah, care that would have been a good one. Yes, that would have been great. Mr. Pink said on January 24th, good show as always. No worries on not getting to my first email. I'll embrace my second-rate status and be okay with getting pushed to another show. Huh, I'm kidding. Thank you for your kind words, Luke. Oh, look at that. That's nice. David Crosby's death is a bummer. I feel like we are in the thick of it for all the musicians that came of age in the 60s if they didn't already die tragically. It made me think of a morbid game to play. Let's look at the musicians who have died each year since 2020 and make up a four to five piece group and then decide what kind of music they should play. Think about it. In 2020, the likes of Eddie Van Halen, Little Richard, uh, Peter Green, Kenny Rogers died. Can you imagine a group featuring those four? How about 2021? Mary Wilson, DMX, Charlie Watts, to name a few. What if you took some notable 2022 deaths like Meatloaf, Coolio, Libby Newton-John, Loretta Lynn, Jerry Lee Lewis, who married his cousin, and imagine them playing prog rock or some shit like that. I don't know. Seems like a morbid yet fun game to play. Sounds like f- some exciting f- stuff happening in your personal lives. Thanks for putting out a great show and entertaining my house arrest ass. It helps pass the time between <laughs> wank sessions. Keep it lubed, Mr. Pink. <laughs> oh, great. Mr. Pink, we love you, man. We're here to give you some entertainment, some food for thought, things to think about. Yeah, keep it While straight. you're on house arrest. I like that. By the way, did you recognize half of those names I read off of those dead musicians, Luke? Me? Sadly, no. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, more than half, but. Oh, wow. Oh, you know Kenny man. Rogers. That's true. You know DMX. Well, no, you know of Little course. I know, I, know most, I know most. I don't know Peter Green. Who's Mary Wilson? Um, I don't know Mary. Uh, Wilson. No, I, I don't. No. Know. I don't know Mary Wilson. I was, she I was, was going to say the, Wilson Phillips. I, I knew exactly what. That's exactly what you were going to say. I think uh, Mary Wilson, <laughs> off the top of my head, is one of the Supremes. I'll double check that, but I believe she was one of okay. Diana Ross's compatriots, pals. Buddies. I felt bad for a second there, thinking, "Yeah, this is definitely more for John Scott than it is for me." Um, I, I, cannot, <laughs> I can't service. I can't service this question uh, in between wanks. 
Yeah, that's okay. Watch those wank sessions, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah, she was a member of the Supremes. All right, next one. We're going to February, finally, February 1st. So we're almost catching up here. This is from Danny B. We love Danny Bennett. Is it safe talk show squadron? Oh, we're a squadron now. That's cool. There's only two of us, though. I don't know if we could be a squadron right now. What was the worst moment of your life? Was it helpful? Ultimately, later squids, Danny Bennett. Holy shit. The worst moment of our lives. Damn, son. I think we should think about that one so we could answer it next week. Oof. Well, there could be a lot of thoughts. We're just talking about it. I, I feel like looking at just, I don't know, go by instinct right now. Is this, is it, I guess it depends on something that happened like to you, like, uh, or something that you did that was just fucking horrible that you know maybe it led to things that happened to you that's that's awful yeah, but he didn't he didn't put maybe any there's a whole change you just no, had the didn't. worst moment of your life yeah so you can yeah. you can uh paint it any way you want to worst moment of my life uh i think it's because i, I think the worst moment of my life is you know i just put in too much effort at work and i work too hard you know that's that's like the worst thing about it <laughs> yeah I don't think that's what he's I looking mean, for, but uh, I mean, we'll for me, accept that answer for now. So that's putting it mildly. All right, my, you know, fuck, I don't know. It's still, it. I mean, it's still um, Liberty passing away. Uh, that that just was that just did so much violence to my life. It it and honestly, it did not help me. Ultimately, it's I. I think back, I still don't know what a nervous breakdown is defined as. Uh, I have yeah, tried bullshit, to research it. It could that's be bullshit. That's why it's not a real thing. It's just like a thing that... Just a thing, they right? They can't label yeah. it, dude. They call it that. But you read it, you read it all the time in, in biographies, autobiographies. You read it in biographies a lot, especially historical mm-hmm. biographies. And one of the famous ones is John Stuart Mill. You know, at the age of 19, uh, he had a quote-unquote nervous breakdown because his parents were uh his dad like drove him so hard towards excellence you know just absolute workaholic like turned turned his kid into a stressed out uh 19 year old kid and like we were just talking about teenagers are supposed to be allowed to be idiots and he didn't get a chance to be an idiot and he had a quote-unquote nervous breakdown i always wondered uh it might not be a real, real thing. Might not be a real diagnosis. Might actually have real definition. But maybe there are contours of behavior or something that is similar betwixt uh, all the people that have gone through something like this. That type mm-hmm. of, I guess, I guess it's more generally referred to now as just PTSD, some kind of post-traumatic stress. And maybe Absolutely. it doesn't. Well, that's yeah. It just kind of manifests more- in a bunch of ways in which it fucks up your life. There's more specifiers, yeah, and it can be attached to things that are directly related to your personal experience or can be tertiary or secondary experiences, too. And there's a lot of other factors that go with that. So, really, uh, you want to know the definition of a nervous breakdown? It's, it's just, this, is, this is it. This is the audio version of a nervous breakdown. That's it. That's what it is. Okay. Also, I uh, I love that, but I can't believe you did not play the Godfrey uh, drop on that one. Oh, I could have gone that way too. There's a lot of options. You there. No, that was, that was perfect. Of, actually, uh, I think I was playing around and trying to add some new stuff while we've been on our break here and there. I've had some more free time to, you know, add some stuff to the list that I wanted to get done that I hadn't got done yet. Yada yada yada. And there's always, always time to have some more screams added to the library. So whenever there is a moment that I just feel like is better described by a sound, we can use something like this. More Thanks, Marv. See, that's Marv having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Daniel Stern should have got an Academy Award for that. He really should have. He was incredible. Is Home Alone looped? would be that much worse without is him. It, is that is that looped? Why is that uh, so long? No, that was that's how long that scream is from Home Alone Two, the sequel. 
It, when he uh, grabs Holy the faucet fuck. handles and they're electric, <laughs> they have electrical current running through them, and he gets fried for like thirty seconds of screaming. So this one's much shorter. It's yeah, that's from the first one. That's shorter. So he extendo screen for the sequel. They're like, hey, Dan, you know, we got you for the sequel here. We paid you a lot of money to come back for this sequel here. We're going to need you to give twice oh the amount of scream that you gave us in the first movie. So, uh, Danny, anytime people you love die, that's the worst moment of your life. I mean, you think about personal moments that didn't go your way. Uh, if you didn't get a job, I guess that would have bummed some people out. If it was a career-defining moment that you worked for for decades, like you wanted to be... I don't know, first chair in the London Symphony Orchestra and he didn't make it, that could stick with somebody forever. That might have been the worst day of someone's life, but... Now, that's what I would call moral relativity, though. I would just go fuck off if if that's the worst <laughs> moment of your life. Your life is fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. Your life okay. is sweet. Yeah, that is not, that's not terrible. When when friends die, loved ones die. I lost first chair. I had to get so. second chair. What a bummer. <laughs> Uh, let's read Brian's email. Brian, we haven't had an email from you in a long time, dude. So I'm so glad. Danny, I'm going to elaborate on that one more next week, too. I promise. So don't think I'm blowing you off, Danny. I love you, bud. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Danny, I'm a, neurotic, I'm, I'm a neurotic nutbag, so I'll have like 10 more examples. I'm not arguing that with you. Brian says, hello, Safe Pod talk show team. <laughs> Currently looking to buy a house. Oh, Brian, you're going to become a first time home buyer? You're going to make me the last person in our entire friend group to not own a home is that gonna happen brian you gonna do that to me it's well deserved you deserve a home uh to my so currently looking to buy a house and to my surprise the berkeley house is on the market on zillow for those of you that don't know the berkeley house is a bozo rat house that's in ann arbor michigan that uh i lived in once in 2009 and our friend jamie inhabited we had some other friends who inhabited that house it was a it was like the I local flop house in our, yeah, it was a local <laughs> flop house in our late 20s, and it's oh a really God. tiny house in a really prime spot of Ann Arbor because it's right off Main Street, right next to the big house. And usually when you're living by a stadium, a big sports stadium, it's a shithole part of town. But that's not the case with the big house. It's different. It's a, it's Ann Arbor, and it's Michigan's campus, and it, there's a lot of residential homes that surround it. It's unusual, you know. It's not like that's got to be, dude. That's got to be something. That has to have something to do with like the real estate code or something. Because like, why is that this? It's the case everywhere. You're 100 percent right. Almost mm -hmm. everywhere you go, next to a stadium, yeah. it's fucking squalor. Oh, except the one but in Maryland. This is like this is the terrible. place you want to live. Yeah, it is a great especially place you want to live. Especially if you're in college. Like, if you can afford to, like, bunk up with, like, fucking... Not really, though. It's mostly families in that neighborhood. That was... They you're were right. the exception. Yeah. We were the exception. The mayor... We used to call him the mayor because his house looks so majestic and so, I don't know, 1950s <laughs> Levittown-esque. And then, oh, the mayor. There he is. Everyone report to the mayor. But, Straight up craftsman style. Yeah, but it was large because he had, an, <laughs> he had uh, an addition. He had, like, an addition put on it. Yeah, it was, it was, so. uh, we always called them. I never saw the guy. I always wondered what he looked like and who oh, he was, but I never. Maybe thinking of somebody different then. Yep, no, you're thinking different. of the right one. Oh, the addition's next door. I know you're talking about, yeah. It's not yep. your house. Yep. It's my house. Anyways, it's a great place to live. And that stadium that I saw in Maryland, which was the Washington, used to be known as the Washington Redskins. Now it's the Washington football team because they finally got it right after only 80 years. But. It is in a strange part of Maryland. It's in Southwest Maryland, just outside of DC, like just east of Washington, DC. And it's in the middle of nowhere. And the only thing that are around this stadium, it used to be called FedEx field. I don't know what they call it now. Cause these corporations come in with their naming rights. They come and go like hotcakes. You never know what the hell a stadium is going to be called yeah. next, but it was just surrounded by condos, like upscale, middle upper condos and giant complexes of condos it was so bizarre there's nothing else around it and you have an nfl team there it's really weird really weird yeah it looks it looks sterile right it doesn't look like a fun place to hang out it's not like no. see the, the beauty of the beauty of the neighborhood around the big house in ann arbor is that it, it legitimately feels like you're just tailgating everywhere like everybody's there to tailgate it feels very cozy in that way as, that's putting it mildly as, 
as insanely elitist as that area is it as mm-hmm. much as it is exclusionary mm-hmm. and it's all white of course and all that except for the athletes uh very classic it feels like uh you're going to your uncle's house to like you know you're playing cornhole everyone's got kegs out it feels <laughs> like a place you can feels like a place you can you can legitimately just hang out have fun like relax and whatever and then oh, get psychotic get house get psychotic as the sports go on but you go to a place like <clears throat> you were talking about with like the like condos and shit and it feels it feels like you cannot like you don't even really want to be on the street i mean it's so it's so cold and sterile and clean and the lines are straight and nothing feels you can't like you can't even you just can't feel comfortable i guess i can't i can't feel comfortable around even those structures like i hate like new buildings i hate like uh hospitals and shit like that yeah it's like people love that shit oh i don't know who you people are new new apartments uh think about it like a new apartment building anyway oh man new new apartment buildings are my least favorite uh elevators you've said that many times Uh, that's true yep the one i lived in in 2009 was very white walled awful very sterile just uh yeah nothing no character to it at all it was just like it's fine you know it's fine it's a place to live it's a domicile and got the job done domicile they housed me you and guile for a a few weeks of fun we had a good time there so you can still have a laugh even in a sterile uptight kind of blandish apartment totally true but you're right uh yeah so uh i think he should definitely buy it i hope it's still on the market and well he, he I don't got know this why. wrong though he said should i buy it this is back to brian's email should i buy it and rent it out to jamie our friend who lived there before and be a joe pesci slumlord three hundred thirty thousand dollars, and it's mine oh my god that place is so small but jamie owns his own home now so he doesn't small. need anyone to be a slumlord jamie is a homeowner in ypsilanti so congratulations james you did it my friend you're what? a homeowner? Yeah, he's been a homeowner for three, three years now. Three years? I knew he moved. I knew he said he was moving out. I didn't realize that he actually was able to get a house in this fucking market. Good for him. Yeah, he bought it in 2020. That's incredible. During COVID. That's he a, left is is uh, Brian suggesting that maybe that maybe Jamie would want to move back in and rent? <laughs> I don't think so. Jamie's got a <laughs> Jamie's got a great basement. He's got a bunch of shit down there, but that basement he's got in this new house is nice. Once that basement's set up finally in like ten years, yeah. it's gonna be sweet. Yes. For sure. But yeah, yeah 330, that, I'm on the plan too. Three hundred thirty thousand dollars for that house. It's so small. I mean, it's a tiny it bung, it's beyond a bungalow. It's so tiny, man. It's it gotta is be so like strange. It doesn't have the right layout either. The layout is so fucking weird. Like, yeah. okay, it makes sense when you walk in the front door, you are in the uh living room it makes sense that the side door goes into the kitchen but it does not make sense that like the everything is too fucking small to have like two people in any place <laughs> at one time the kitchen the whole tiny place is like a hazard the whole place is a fucking hazard i actually oh, can't weird. believe uh that was tolerated for so long uh, but uh you know what you know what i also uh, i also respect it you know keep your I fucking head down if it's working just hang in there and uh, it Jamie made it work. Yeah, I don't, know. Work. I, I don't I know if he likes us talking about him, but oh, he, <laughs> he, made he it doesn't work. care. He doesn't listen anyways. I lived there for one year and I couldn't take it anymore. I gave it a shot and I hit the high road. I said, no, Moss. Time for me to go. Clean out your locker at the club, Bob. You're fucking fired. Uh, but as far as the emails, so $330,000. I'm telling you, this place is like, like the main floor is like 750 square feet or something. It's so tiny. It really is that small. Uh, it is smaller than that, brother. Uh, I've had apartments that were bigger and they were like 600 square feet. So I and think you the, lived in New York. Main, yeah, the main floor of that house, main floor, there's no way the main floor of that house is more than 600 square feet. And then, oh my God. And the other thing is like everything is fucking broken every <laughs> single thing in that house it and was it's got no to be covered it's... in mold yeah. it's got to be covered in mold if you were to pull that carpeting up oh god uh if you were to pull didn't it have one of those like shower shells you know like one of those things that they just put into a shower uh not tile not um, it was made of something strange but it... it's like plastic it's like plastic or maybe it's fiberglass and they just basically slap it in there and they fit wow, it to the walls dude yeah i think that's what it was it was just uh yeah that that place is a should be like condemned and i think it's i think it's a biohazard 
Well, in the email, Brian says the pros are he gets to own a piece of friend history. That's true. If that's usually a top three on couples list when they're buying homes. Is it a part of our social background history? And then the other pro is rent it out and hike the rent and say, that's unfortunately the Ann Arbor rental market right now. Zing. <laughs> uh, the cons are every home game, I have to deal with my girlfriend's fastball heat of hate coming my way for putting us in that situation of not being mobile for eight plus hours on every other Saturday during football season, Brian. Brian, that is a fair point, and I don't know if I would want to be you. He's mixing situation. metaphors, I feel like, because we're talking football and baseball at the That's same true. time. That's true. Yeah, what would you have... I'm uh, just a little confused. Like a hard-charging like, linebacker or like a uh, a punishing pass yeah, rusher? Yeah, yeah. Would have been more like appropriate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, I you think know, he realizes um, that now, as we're saying it. Spear, like being spearheaded or, you know, or whatever they call it. Speared. Yeah, speared. Yeah. No. Wait, is that what they call it? Spearing? Spearing? Isn't it spearing? I thought Sparring? it was spearing, but now that we're saying it out loud, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, Roads. Fucking Roads. Uh, yeah, it's college football spearing. They always stop the game for it, and it goes on for like 10 minutes. They try to review whether or not the person was leading with their head, spearing. They used to call it spearing when I was a kid in higher football, so that's been around for a long time, but... Anyways, oh, I noticed. A... So he's talking about he would come over to that house and get fucking sucked into the sofa for eight hours, and he's still <laughs> hearing about it from his girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, yeah, that's funny. That's, that's rough. Uh, well, we got all the emails done. There we go. We're updated now. We did get an email from Mr. Pink that just that. it just said. Missed the show. This was on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Missed the show. I hope everything is well and hope to hear from you guys again soon. Well, here we are, Mr. Pink. We're here right now. We're back. I responded as well. In you writing. did respond. You did respond I did in writing. respond in writing. Yeah, sometimes yes, we are back. We do that. And that's it. That's We are back, man. This, you know, hey, uh, I was doing everything I could to well, it's not your fault become at all, man. What, exactly it's... when I wanted it to. But uh, We're all responsible for... I'm just we swamping. Good, man. I'm uh, swamping. What does swamping mean? I'm swimming in it, is what I meant to say. So <laughs> I'm, I'm swimming, swimming in it, dude. I'm swimming in it. The job takes a lot out of me and it's time consuming. I don't get paid for it. It's not even a job, it's an internship. So <laughs> I apologize, God. guys. But we really I said this last time we did the show three weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was. And I say, Yeah, we're gonna do the show every week now. We're consistent, but we really feel like we're locked in now. We're gonna try to do the show on Mondays or Tuesdays every week and get it out. That's our new Monday, plan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Monday, Tuesday. We're just we're gonna have like a slightly irregular recording schedule, but it's gonna be um, every week. So yes, doesn't matter absolutely. if it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Nobody out there cares. It's we're gonna keep it going, and we're gonna try to grow this motherfucker too. Yeah, we're gonna have Steve on uh, again. We'll probably have Steve on next week. He'll be popping in and out with us. Maybe some other folks here and there. Also, I really want to mention this because we never really talked about it before we go here. It's already damage done but what else can be said about the nightmare train derailment with the oh god the vinyl chloride and everybody who's just fucked who lives in the radius of that place in east palestine ohio and it's so obvious that the one thing i really stood out to me and i don't care about symbolism but the fact that trump went there and he actually went there before anybody from the federal government did in terms of like a symbol of the president or even Buttigieg who went there after the fact. Trump beat him there. And these people opened the door for Trump time and time and again and again and again. And kudos, kudos to Trump. He showed up. It's not hard yep. to do. It's not It's not a difficult thing to just show up. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, Bare I guess fucking it is. minimum. Biden. Oh, my God. Even, even Biden is... Said he is not going because uh, what what was his reasoning? Uh, it's like oh, he gave some bullshit. Fuck I don't know. He gave some super. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, if anybody wants to ask a more pointed question, I mean, it's been out there and simmering for a while. I mean, the fucking like white noise by Don DeLillo, like the fact that it, like takes place in Ohio and it's a fucking derailed train with a chemical explosion. Uh, the new Noah Baumbach movie. It's like fucking. Insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. It came out last year and it's and like, uh, there was at least one guy that was like from like Liverpool, Ohio, that was an extra in that movie. And he was just like, I, I fucking life imitating fucking art. 
and obviously that's insane and awful uh spooky to say the least but i guess if you got your finger on the pulse and you at least follow any any type of the uh dynamics in this capitalist system or capitalism in general or like our particular brand of uh deregulation in this country uh you will see that one coming that is going to be a chance that that coincidence uh you know two events are gonna coincide like that it's you might not be able to predict the exact year. That's a little spooky, but it is going to happen at some point. There's no getting around that. No, there's no getting around that. And the fact that this isn't about presidents or parties or symbolism. It's also just a simple misdirection where the real culprit is the company, Norfolk Southern, who gets, they get some of the heat, but it still seems like more people than not are blah, blah, blah about, what side is doing what and how the you know, the last government was in charge. They're the ones who deregulated it further. And now Biden's not doing anything either. So you just keep blaming oh, people who are watching, indirectly involved. Like the, No, I mean, I'm just telling you. I, I, what, what happened to you since I, the last time we talked? We just talked like a week ago. Yeah, I've heard it. That's what people They've do. All fucked. They've all fucked everybody over. Both parties mm-hmm. are the exact same. You know exactly. That. That's All what right. I'm saying. Yeah. But you North are Oak right. Southern people, is the back. People keep pointing fingers, but yeah, they well, do. No, the, the, Norfolk no, Southern's the, the culprit Norfolk here. Southern is just bought. Yeah, but they bought the government. And the government, you know, bows down to right. So then the culprit is greed and lobbying. Exactly. Blah blah. And the same shit hey, that we talk yes. about it every <laughs> time over the last 25 years. Yeah, blah blah blah. It's going to get sick. Everyone's going to get sick of hearing it. It's going to be we're we're fucking broken records because we got a broken fucking system. Yeah, we live in a state where DTE is not held accountable at all by our local authorities and our local government and the state government. So that has been. Oh, my God. That's a huge one. And we'll talk about that next week, too, because I want to talk more about that. $35 a month credit or $35 as a 35 bucks for for (laughs) being out for four days, seven days. Some people were out for like seven. Oh, yeah. It's hell. It's total hell, Garbo. It's all trash. There's no hope for the future. We hope you enjoyed our message. <laughs> yes. Uh, all, all right. right so this, that was something, bud. You got any ideas? No, you got something you want to hear? I don't really care today. Shit. Is it safe pod at gmail.com is how uh, we like to close out the show. Hmm. Is there a good song about a train? Is there any good train derailment songs? It feels like that's a, there's a, good a genre song. that needs some. <laughs> There's yeah, always a yeah, uh, wait. You remember you remember 2023 when there were all those train derailment songs that came out. That's, <laughs> that's right. what we're yeah, gonna like, be saying when we're 65. It's a good old shoe. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, all right. Well, then, well, this is a perfect song for it. Then I'll, I'll play this one. So here it is. All right, everybody, we're back. We're gonna be on a consistent schedule. Insafepod at gmail.com. Bye bye. Hell yeah.